You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. The kind of place we expect a ghost to like to wander around. Hey, we all know that we're going down, baby. I'll help you. I'm something of a witch. Hargy mateys. Welcome to Mission Spooky. I'm your Captain JC. With me today. As per usual, the sea queen of everything, Kiki, and our local cryptid enthusiast, Gord. How you be doing? Yeah, I'm gonna make you walk the plank if you don't stop it. <laughs> stop what? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey oh, welcome. Again, pirates. If you didn't catch it yet. I don't know what I'm talking about. You go next, Gord. Hey, guys. <laughs> what? What do you got for us, Gord? What's the difference between a pirate and a cranberry farmer? I already hate this joke. Come on. Come on. Right. I know it has something to do with ocean spray. No. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> What's the difference between a pirate and a cranberry farmer? I don't know. A pirate buries his treasure... But a cranberry farmer treasures his berries. <laughs> I'm gonna have a sound effect for you walking off a plank and falling into water. Flash. Boom! Splash. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> we killed him. Uh, that joke nearly killed me. <laughs> it nearly killed all of us. Welcome to another episode of Pirates. <laughs> Oh man, this is gonna be so much fun. Lord, I'm so mad at you. I didn't think I could be this mad at you, but I'm so mad. Really? Do you know how many times that we've been mad at you? For what? Uh, He's upset because I already got a better dumb joke game than he does. That's because my jokes aren't dumb. They're clever. They're intelligent. They're they're what jokes should be. Is that what you call them, huh? Uh, yeah. And anyone that disagrees is a uh, communist going down that route huh sure i don't fucking know let's get on with this what are we talking about today well okay <laughs> first of all uh i have some tragic news to report if y'all oh, have God. not already seen it on tiktok when i built the fence around the garden i had very large deer in mind you know like huge deer that are out back here i never thought about baby deer <laughs> And now I'm thinking about what baby deer tastes like. Ate one of my daylilies. It had like 25 buds on it. Didn't even get to bloom. Ate the whole effing thing. All of it. They ate all my beans. Beans? My beans. Danger. Beans. Yes, they did. They. I'm so pissed. They had, except for one. One plant unscathed. Yeah. So, um. They ate your beans. I hate animals now you know the first tiktok i had of the week was all about nature and how cute frogs are and how much i love nature and then like the next one i'm just like i hate nature it sucks i will and, destroy like, why? the planet <laughs> why <laughs> why is this happening 
Uh, so I had to shore up like all these. I was like, I found out, I tracked where sh- she or he came in at with her tiny itty bitty little nub nubs. Nub nubs. Was in the dirt. And I was just like, damn it. It's a fucking baby deer. And I know exactly which one it is because mom always brings it around tiny little thing and i'm like you crawled under the fucking god damn it and gorged themselves also ate something else oh part of an eggplant which i guess they realized sucks and stopped eating it so i was like okay thanks for that anyway so how's your guys this week uh fine yeah um yeah Wow, you guys are so fantastic. Dude, wow. I'm so fucking boring outside of this podcast, dude. Same. Not really. I, I just work a lot. We just had 4th of July here in the United States. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't I didn't realize that happened because I didn't celebrate it. Yeah, me neither. I heard about it. I didn't really have any independence to, you know, share or get excited about mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, it's uh, not really a thing anymore in the United States. And we're going to be talking about piracy today, and it makes me kind of like want England to own us again. We'll just start over. We'll just start from the beginning. So I feel like we're either just going to be owned by England or we're just going to become pirates. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know. There's a lot of advantages to being a pirate, but then there's all disadvantages to being a pirate because it's not really the best life. Is there Wi-Fi in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? That's all I really care about. Uh, you can get the Elon Musk satellite internet. Uh, gross. But hey, you know, if it's good enough for Ukraine, I guess it's good enough for me. So you guys are boring. Do we just want to uh, break for our sponsor and then, you know, jump right in? See, here's the thing. If I start talking about stuff, I'm just going to be mad. I'm just going to be mad and angry. So yeah, let's just talk about pirates. Wow. Okay, so. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Oh, I, I know. We all are. We all are. Let's face it. I, I'm constantly on Twitter just bitching about everything. When we get back, a word from our sponsor, we're going to be talking about the first pirate of the pirate round, Thomas II. Spooky. Hey, Cord. You look a bit upset there, buddy. What's up? Ugh. I just want to relax under the soft light of a candle and read about Bigfoot, and I can't find anything that doesn't smell like I'm in the middle of a field of lavender. Well, bud, you need to check out the Smell of Fear Candle Company. The Smell of Fear caters to those of us who love all forms of horror, cryptids, and more. Ah, the Sasquatch Candle. Smells like I'm right in the woods with them. Redwood and a hint of musk. Nice. Smell of Fear Candles offers a unique fragrance experience like no other. Each candle scent is carefully researched to bring out the best qualities of your favorite horror characters and films, such as The Mummy, Dracula, and even Jaws. Ooh, I'm definitely grabbing one of their Sinister Skull candles. A colored glass skull with matching themes like red for the vampire, black currant, and absinthe scented. Sweet. If you're in desperate need of ghoulishly good candles, head on over to thesmellofear.com to check out what scents are currently available. Our listeners can add code SPOOKY at checkout for a special 15% discount on any purchase. You can follow on Instagram at Smell of Fear Candles for updates on new monthly scents and themes. That's Smell of Fear Candles for those who burn brightly on the dark side. I'm back. Kiki, what are we talking about today? Because as we all know, I did all of the research. This would be episode 80. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 20. Damn, no. 
20 more to go to hit in regular episodes, episode 80. We put out way more than that so far. Good job, guys. So in the last episode, which would be 79, we gave you the, what I like to call like the independent story of Thomas Veal. And by now you would have heard the singular story of America's first pirate, Dixie Bull. I put that out as a side mission. So today, though, we're going to begin a string of episodes on a list of pirates that will come together to form the biggest sea heist possibly of all time. I would like to say that we're going to jump right into the next pirate, but I think we're going to discuss a few historical key moments to put things into perspective. As many pirate stories focus on the daring do, but leave out much of the reasoning behind the daring do. I mean, these guys didn't just wake up one morning and be like, hey, I'm going to be a pirate. I mean, I honestly, I thought that that's how all pirates came into existence. Just, huh, let's do it. Uh, I kind of feel that way now. Yeah, I think I just want to be a pirate. But anyway, here's the other thing, too. We as Anglo-Americans, though, we have a tendency to focus strictly on English pirates. We, though, as a podcast, are 90% devoted to Northeastern United States events, historical, paranormal, and horrific. So we're deliberately talking about Anglo pirates. But I wanted to remind folks that piracy has been around since the mid-1300s BCE. The Delopian pirates, the Cretan pirates, the Illyrian pirates, the Cilicia pirates, all of these pirates operated in the Aegean and Mediterranean seas long before who we're talking about today, which is the beginning of the Pirates of the Round. So, gentlemen... Did you pay a lot of attention in American history? I'm sorry. It's American history, but it's technically also English history. So I don't really know how much y'all might have. You folks, you got, well, technically you're guys. So I can say you guys Mm -hmm. remember about colonial America. Well, I remember it like it was yesterday, Kiki. Um, I woke (laughs) up, right? I thought for sure that there was a joke there about me remembering it like it was yesterday but ah shit i could have done that oh, no damn it i'm disappointed in you terrible so there's a few historic events in the colonies and in england that are going to help transform and bolster some of the individuals we will be discussing and i mean that as an overall so listen up spooksters because i'm not going to give you this history lesson again Prior to these events, the colonies had already dealt with a few years of the English Navigation Acts, which were in effect from 1651 to 1654. The Navigation Acts had four provisions designed to ensure that England made money from the colonies' trade. Because, of course, it did. (laughs) See, the trade route at the time was this lovely little triangle, and it worked like this. A ship would leave New England with rum and iron, and then in Africa, the captain would trade his cargo for slaves, which, unfortunately, that's going to come up several times when we talk about pirates. Slaves then made the middle passage to the Caribbean, where they were traded for sugar and molasses. Then the traders took the sugar and molasses back to New England. And I'd like to point out that their colonists used the molasses to make rum. And then the route would begin all over again. Notice I left out the sugar. See, because England didn't like the molasses. They wanted the good shit. They wanted the sugar. 
And I, I'm going to go off just a moment about English food and American food because I'm a huge fan of the British Bake Off, right? Me too. It's a good show. But here's something that irks me just a little bit. We're always told that um, Americans are too sugary. We're too involved with sugar. I blame England. I blame them. And also, uh, they took it all. Like, they left us with what they consider to be the crap, the molasses, the bottom, right? After the sugar's refined, the bottom of it. They took the treacle, the golden syrup, right? And then they have the audacity to turn around and tell us that we're too sugar laden. I was like, dude, we took molasses and we made pies out of it and we made rum out of it. Dude, I love molasses. Right. And honestly, to me, like molasses isn't as sweet. So English ancestors, I'm sorry, suck it and give me a molasses pie. But we may actually do, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. We might do a little side mission on rum because fun, fun, fun. I love to talk about rum. Rum's okay. So uh, New England becomes like super wealthy because of this particular trade routes. And this, of course, causes England to want their fair share of the profits. So at this point, the colonies have gotten through the Navigation Act because it was rescinded in 1654 and also because piracy and smuggling. <laughs> they were like, we're not paying the tariffs on this crap and we're not paying the England. Like, we're not paying England for this. We're going to we're going to get through this, guys. It's fine. Pirates. Now, that's not exactly the piracy we're going to get into. That is it's kind of like the, also the buccaneer era. Except to mention that some of the men that we'll wind up discussing today included got their experience from that time period. Mm. Yeah. In other words, they knew what they were doing already by the time we get up to this moment. So we're skipping forward about 35 years. Well, it's years. good that they had on-the-job training, you know, because you don't want to go into this, like, with no training, not knowing how to, like, tie knots or stuff like that. I don't know what pirates do. Murder people. Yeah, not how to <laughs> murder people properly, and, you know. We all know the uh, notorious pirate favorite hat, uh, pastime of... Just sitting on the deck of the ship, tying knots in rope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super important. Well, I mean, it actually is super important. Well, yeah. That and drinking, right? Drinking and tying knots. Sometimes those two things don't go together. You need to be careful. Sometimes they go together too well. And yeah, then right? Oh, then, yeah. then you can't get your finger out of the knot. <laughs> so we're skipping forward about 35 years, and our pirates are living in a world where... All the American colonies, with the exception of Georgia, have already been established. Also, during this time period, uh, the colonies are wrapped up in England's Nine Years' War with France, or what Americans like to call King William's War. This is Louis XIV, the Sun King, versus basically everybody else in Europe. King William's War hits the colonists in some pretty heavy ways. The French already had a monopoly on the fur trade, uh, beginning in, in the 1600s, really, like the early 1600s. And uh, I talk a little bit about that in the episode of on Dixie Bowl. So they've got this monopoly. They also have allies in the Iroquois, the Algonquin, and the Abenaki tribes. And a lot of English settlements in New York, New Hampshire, and Maine are going to get attacked, and some of them get wiped out completely. The colonists are not having any fun. <laughs> yeah, not fun. No. Not great sounding. Yeah. 
So uh, it's not difficult to see that at this point, the colonies have pretty much had enough of France. And they're also not too happy with England's lack of interest in protecting them. The majority of English vessels and money are getting pumped into protecting and England itself. And there is a battle that we're going to talk about very specifically when we get to maybe like before episode 83 or 82. We're going to do a side mission on a particular battle that did not go well at all for the English against the French. Another issue, too, is just that the Royal Navy uh, sucks. <laughs> just, just does at this point. So the colonies begin to take matters into their own hands again, kind of like they did with buccaneers and hiring people to get past the navigation acts. They're going to do the same thing. And we've got New York, Rhode Island, and Pennsylvania inviting pirates in and in some cases giving out privateer commissions that will eventually lead to pirates. <laughs> so, yay, America! <laughs> To be fair, though, like, fuck tyrannical governments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, if you think about it, they, they being like, between England and France and this war and how England already treated the colonies, literally, yeah, a lot of these guys are like, I've had enough. And it's the governors of these colonies and these areas, uh, they're, they're basically just going to work with questionable men <laughs> and to you know get the job done so to speak and we'll see here with this pirate in particular it's not going to be just the colonies but it is one of the reasons that i wanted to talk about pirates of north america because we have quite a few that are connected to us and especially just up here in new england this is the world that our first pirate of the round is already a part of as i said he's already worked probably as a buccaneer. So the first pirate round is a sailing route, in case anybody doesn't know what that is, because I'm sure we got a lot of people who don't know all the specifics of piracy. So the pirate round is the sailing route that begins in harbors like Bermuda, Nassau, Acarunia, and New York City. The course then went into the coast of South Africa and then on to Madagascar. And from Madagascar, it usually leads into the Indian Ocean and the Red Sea. So this course is the main route of English pirates, beginning in 1693 with the man we are discussing today, Thomas II. Now, I just want to mention that, um, you know, on the nerdy side, <laughs> I play a lot of video games, but there's one franchise in particular that I've not played, and that is Uncharted. And apparently, a lot of these pirates that we talk about showed up in Uncharted 2, maybe? I can't remember now. Including Thomas 2. So that's just a funny side note. Um, when you're trying to, you know, look things up or look for books containing pirates, um, you keep getting, like, the Uncharted wiki, for example. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's actually fucking cool. It makes me want to play the game. I didn't know that it had this whole thing going on. So... Yay, that's pretty neat. And I've played Assassin's Creed series, but I did not play the pirate version, so I'm not really sure if these any of these guys show up in that game or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. So, you know, I'm sure that everyone is expecting me to begin with the birth of Thomas too, because that's just where it always begins, right? I mean, that is usually <laughs> that is usually where where like 
the story of one's life begins. Yeah, I could, I could make a really awful joke, but I would never want it to be on air. <laughs> oh, God, the joke was funny, but it was too politically charged, and we got angry, so yeah. we had to move on. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? What? Just like birth today, there's a lot of conjecture over whether or not <laughs> Thomas too was born. <laughs> <laughs> at all at all that's a myth no really it's just that it was like he might be a myth <laughs> now they they don't know if he was born in england or in rhode island um at one point he did hold the moniker of the rhode island pirate his wife and daughters were in newport rhode island and so i'm personally just gonna stick with he was born in rhode island you can't give me ev- any evidence that he was born in England besides the fact that, that there was a two family in coastal England at the time. Well, that's enough for me. He was born I in England. I mean, no. He I, was born in England. I think the family emigrated. really trusted source that he was born in England. Either way, I feel like his heart was in the sea and his base of operations. Uh, he should probably see a doctor about that. <laughs> wherever <laughs> his best chance of getting back to the sea was. Oh my God. <laughs> Relentless. But we do know that by 1682, he was in or near Jamaica and or Bermuda. He might have been a commissioned privateer. He could have been a full-fledged pirate. Or maybe he was a dishonest privateer, earning that moniker of the Rhode Island pirate. It's difficult to say because Two's early life is just a jumbled mess. Like, until he does something pretty famous, then... You know, he shows up kind of rarely. What is also known for sure is that by 1690, Two left his family and launched his base of operations in Bermuda, raiding French and Spanish ships. Yay. I've read this in several places, and I will, as usual, have the, the links to all the books where all this information comes from. And it's also on a couple of different uh, websites, too. Sure, like French vessels, I get, right? Because they're the enemy. I think that the Spanish vessels, Spain was previously the enemy of England, but wound up fighting against the French. It was a whole thing. He probably didn't get in very much trouble, though, if he raided a Spanish ship, to be honest. It was kind of like looking the other way, like, oh, no, oh, (laughs) you shouldn't do that. (laughs) We can't keep him in line. He's a terrible pirate. (laughs) Exactly. By 1692, he has received a letter of mark from the governor of Bermuda, Isaac Richier, or Richier, depending on how you want to say it. <laughs> I'm like, not, not that one. <laughs> right. Richier. Richier sounds French to me, so I highly doubt that he was French at this time. Uh, it could explain why he was only the governor of Bermuda for like three years, maybe. I don't know. Or the fact that he really liked pirates. Mm. So in case anybody doesn't know, do you know what a letter of Mark is? A letter written by a guy named Mark. Here is the letter of Mark. He said hello. (laughs) (laughs) The really sad part about that is I have to go back and check the history on this. But there probably was at one point a guy named Mark that wrote a letter of Mark. I hope so. And if there's not, I'd be very disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be a little surprised 
if that wasn't the case. <laughs> so Mark is spelled M-A-R-Q-U-E. And it's basically like the golden ticket. Yeah. It's a government license that authorized a private citizen, uh-huh, a privateer, mm. or sometimes referred to as a Corsair, to attack and capture vessels of the nation that you're at war with. So in this case, England is giving letters of mark to capture French vessels or to do other things. If it's letter of mark and I think reprisal, then you get to attack other things, not just vessels like land based attacks, but from a ship, for example, this is going to be important later on. But it's not just Thomas, too, that receives a letter of mark There's actually also Captain George Dew. He's given one as well, and both men have a reputation for being on the razor's edge of what is acceptable behavior at sea. Are they pirates? Are they privateers? Does it matter to the governor of Bermuda as long as they can get the job done? Fair enough. And the job requires ships. So, two is going to purchase a share in a sloop called Amity. Again, for those of you who are unfamiliar with what a sloop is, is try to have a boat <laughs> congratulations JC. i knew a thing i'm so happy it's a small ship it's also the favorite ship of pirates yeah it's it's smaller it's fast uh there's an option to have oars for rowing out of still water they have a shallow hull so they can get over shoals easier highly maneuverable usually only one mast or one main mast at most 75 men and 14 guns and the longest is usually 60 feet long and up to 100 tons. The Amity is 70 tons and holds eight guns. And two is eventually going to have a crew of, again, I've heard somewhere between 40, over 40 to up to 60 men. He's handpicking these guys, too. So that may be of interest when we get to the bottom of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Amity is owned by merchants and officials on Bermuda that include such people as John Dickinson and his father-in-law, Colonel Anthony White, Thomas Hall, Richard Gilbert, and William Outerbridge, who also happened to be a member of the governor's council. We on the podcast may circle back around to Colonel White and Dickinson and do a separate mini episode because they are connected to a supposedly haunted site. Oh. Found that out during our research. It's like, oh, sweet. So we can hook some actual paranormal back into it and not just the horror of history itself. Yeah. <laughs> we got our boats. We got our letters of Mark. What's the job? Two and do. I love that combination. Two and do. Two and do are supposed to destroy a French factory off the coast of West Africa near James Island and the River Gambia. I've also read at least one account that claims that they were to fight a French fort off the coast of West Africa. And I'm like, I'm going to go with factory because more sources seem to say factory. So we're going to go with that. Two's crew, however, do not know the specifics of the job. Only that it's going to bring them a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. What's the pay? Yeah, this definitely feels like a bunch of mercenaries who are told, trust me, you're just going to make a shit ton of money. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and apparently these men were like, okay, no problem. 
Sounds good to me. Which makes me feel, and other historians as well, feel as though he probably knew quite a few of these men. He may have, you know, used them on other ships and other, or he knew them from working on other ships with, with him. So That's fair. So do aboard his ship, Amy, and two on Amity, because, you know, not only do they rhyme, but their fucking ships are also an A, Amy and Amity. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <sighs> you two just get a room together already and they just like do it. Do it. Uh, we all got jokes today, baby. Okay. So anyway, there we go. Yay. That was actually an accident. They leave port together, like they're supposed to, to go take on the French. And everything may have had a very different ending if it were not for Mother Nature. A horrendous storm separates Amy from Amity. And when the calm finally comes, Amy is nowhere in sight. And now, too, has to face his men. He decides he's going to come clean with them and explain how they were to attack the French. Most of the men seem to agree that even with two ships, this probably was going to be a highly risky job. And this is where I'm going to go with that it it may have been a factory. They were trying to cut off supply lines for uh, the French Navy, something like that, because they make a mention of, you know, we're not really sure how defended this place is so to me that speaks more like it's not actually a fort they would have known they would have all been like oh fuck no we're not going to attack a fort which is one of us are you crazy so the question is now given to the men do we turn pirate because they are very close to the red sea area and it's very possible that captain two has heard from other captains all about the Red Sea and the plunder that's available there. So here's the thing. I think if you have to ask yourself seriously, like one day, should I turn pirate? Do we as a crew have to turn pirate? I think the answer is going to be yes. Like you're already at a point where it's in the realm of possibilities. Just do it, you know? Well, I think that two was very smart here. A couple of things. I was going to say two things. (laughs) (laughs) like i said he's handpicked these guys he probably feels at this point i brought you all the way out here there is another possibility we could try this you guys have trusted me before we could try this letter of mark is only going to get us so far we're obviously not going to need it out here anyway because you know we're going to be attacking muslim ships i'd also like to point out that Something I forgot to mention, at this point, the East India Company is already founded. That was founded in 1600, so it's been up and running for like, you know, 90-some years. That's going to come into play later in the series, but I have to mention it. So I think he was really smart about it, and honestly, he doesn't want to mutiny either. So he has to be like, look guys, I'm going to give you guys the choice. It, this is a vote. That's kind of important because it's democratic. Yeah. And as we know, democracy always gets the best results. Shut up, JC. <laughs> yes, democracy does. A a democratic republic does not always get the best result. <laughs> uh so do we turn pirate? Again, they're close to the Red Sea. They know about this plunder that's available. All they have to do <laughs> I love this. All we have to do, guys, is get around the Cape of Good Hope otherwise known as the Cape of Storms. And yes, we all know that the legend of the Flying Dutchman was born there. (laughs) But it's fine. Don't worry. We can do this. 
I believe in them. I'm putting 12 to 1 odds that they die. <laughs> I've done zero research. I can fairly make those up like that and, and not actually be cheating. It's unanimous. They say, let's do this thing. And I think this is one of my favorite lines of all time. It's a bit embellished. It comes from a, a story, the way it's written. It probably didn't happen, but I don't care because it's damn cool. One of the men supposedly yells to the captain, a gold chain or a wooden leg will stand with you. And the very next thing they do is elect the quartermaster and uh, create a set of rules in following with the pirate code, which is much more democratic than, um, let's say, a ship of the Royal Navy. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about how awful things were on Royal Navy ships. That's like literally could just be a, a, a horror episode all on its own. I was so appalled. I'm like, what? So I'm I'm lost here. A little okay, bit. Go ahead. yeah. A gold chain. Yeah, a gold chain or a wooden leg will stand with you. In other words, whether we get money or we lose a leg, we're here. <laughs> we're with you, boss. Gotcha. I thought they were referencing that they were using a wooden leg to stand with him and then i was like what does a gold chain has to do with helping you stand? i'm dumb <laughs> it's okay it's okay it's, it, you know, it's a weird it's a weird thing to say but there like, you go you gotta live the pirate life to be able to understand the pirate speak you know jc i'm coming for you buddy <laughs> you'll have to catch me on the high sea i have been doing very little with my free time besides taking in pirate content i will come and steal you <laughs> you've already stolen my heart oh god <laughs> yep got him so, JC, you're 12 to 1 odds. Yeah. The crew is met with extreme heat and storms as they sail into the Indian Ocean, moving north into the Red Sea in April of 1693. They spend several months crisscrossing the Red Sea and find nothing. But two remains steadfast, and every day he reminds his crew of the vast wealth that could be awaiting them if they just continued to wait a little bit longer. Sometimes you just gotta keep swimming, boys. Finally, the crew spots what they've been waiting for for so long. A great mogul ship. <sighs> Amity chases her down, and two orders his men to grab their guns and their swords and stand by to board the enemy ship. On the mogul ship's deck, over 300 of their crew look like they are bracing themselves to fight. And after a tense moment, the mogul ship surrenders. No resistance from the men as they board the mogul ship. Not one of them does anything. They just let the pirates take over. The cargo on the ship yields gold, silver, gems, spices, silk, all kinds of unimaginable awesome things, netting them about 100,000 pounds. That is roughly 23 million dollars today two keeps eight thousand pounds for himself the crew splits up the rest except for five thousand pounds he is putting that aside for his backers in bermuda so i guess he's not all bad right he made sure to pay them back 
the cargo will eventually find its way to the homes of American colonists. Because at the end of all this, Two is going to wind up back in Newport, Rhode Island with all of his treasure. Good for him. Now, he does take a stop off at Madagascar. and Because who wouldn't? They got lemurs there. At the time, they also had um, a place owned by a man named Adam Baldridge, who uh, it was... It was like his own personal like city where pirates could come hang out and chill. And lemurs. And spend money and pet lemurs, sure. Yes. Absolutely. You know, I will do some research into pet lemurs in the 1600s just to find out. I'd appreciate that. I know you would. Once Two is back in Rhode Island, he that's when he does send uh, word back to Bermuda that they have this money and he asks someone in Bermuda to come to America to pick up their shit. <laughs> Funny. Come get 5,000 because I ain't bringing it to you, bitch. <laughs> he then will go on to become friends with the royal governor of the then province of New York, uh, Benjamin Fletcher, who's going to come up much later also in our little summer series here. So I just thought I would mention it. Thus ends Thomas II's first foray into piracy. Anyway, does anybody care what happened to uh, poor George Dew? I do. I do. I really care what happened to George Do. Please do explain. I just like the name. Yeah, it's a good name. Is it? How, how's it spelled? D-E-W, like do the do. Oh, okay, cool. I just <laughs> wanted to make sure. Yeah. So during the horrible storm, um, his uh, mast broke and he barely made it back to Saldana Bay in South Africa, where he was promptly arrested by the Dutch. God damn the Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I get down to talking about the nutmeg wars at some point, um, possibly later, I don't know. We'll, we'll think about it. That you want to talk we've about, talked about that? No, we did not. Did you bring them up before? Because I've definitely I heard did. that before. Okay, I did. Because in our Enchanted Eats that we don't, yeah, we never did really. We did the one episode and I took it down because we want to redo parts of it anyway. We briefly talked about like how terrible the Dutch were to the English during that time period. And all over nutmeg, but yeah, it's, dude, like, it was a real thing. But anyway, yeah, the Dutch arrested him because he is technically a pirate, and your letters of Mark, they don't give a shit about them. So he and his crew have to go through trial. However, they were found not guilty, and um, he may pop back up again. Dun, dun, dun. Cool. So two of the books that... uh, a lot of the information came from for today's episode is The History of Pirates by Angus Constum, and that came out in 1999. And then there is the classic History of Pirates. Now, Pirates is spelled P-Y-R-A-T-E-S, and that's by Charles Johnson. And that's it's a very interesting read, but a lot of it might be a bit for show, <laughs> you know, like he's trying to write a book that people are going to want to read. You know, gotcha. He's not trying to be as factual as he is trying to be um, exciting because his book came out in 1724. So his whole thing is trying to get people to, you know, to read these exciting stories of pirates. Anywho, our featured music today comes from Hauntress's new album. So excited. Uh, New music from them. The album is called Open Doors. The song is called Obsidian and these guys are so freaking cool i i contacted them right away and said oh i love obsidian it has the sort of feel i'm looking for for the pirate 
summer, right? And they were like, hell yeah, play it because they're huge fans of pirates. And I was like, yes. So go check out Hauntress. They're on Bandcamp. You'll see that we already bought the album as soon as it came out. Boom. I was on top of it. And when we get back, uh, we'll do question and answer session on pirates if the boys have any. And, And then we'll do our usual, usual. much wow <laughs> do you like my pirate accent it's a lot like jc's <laughs> wow wow that's so hurtful wow yeah that was sorry let me that was painful me, to even me let me try again <laughs> but actually try to do jc's voice ah welcome back <laughs> mateys is that better no, because I know you didn't have the heart in it. You were just you were just making fun of me. I always put my heart in making fun of you, JC. That's that's fair, but you didn't have your heart in the pirate accent, you know. Do you guys have any uh any questions about this particular incident so far? Yeah. Um can you let's just say in theory I wasn't paying attention. Can you do the whole thing over again? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <sighs> no. Oh my God. It's called, I'm going to edit this, and then you can listen to it again. Oh, I guess. We also get <laughs> credit for the listen, so it's very exciting. JC just responds with, can you give me the TLDR on the whole episode real quick? <laughs> right at the end of it. <laughs> like, let's just assume. I have a question. Yeah. Maybe this was answered. I don't know. So... He actively decided to go be a pirate after he got these marks, right? To go do stuff. To do something very specific, yeah. Yeah, so, like, why couldn't he, like, go be a pirate and then just, like, since they have no fucking idea where he is, and then just come back with all this stuff and be like, oh, yeah, I I was doing that thing. That's how I got all this stuff. Interesting question. So it turns out, and this will actually come up later in what will be, like, the not necessarily our final pirate. It's not going to be our final pirate episode. But it'll be the final episode of this particular long story. The treasure that you're getting from these mogul ships is it's the friendships you build along the way. No, oh. <laughs> it's very specific. So, I mean, you're not going to find those gold pieces anywhere else, but from a Muslim country. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not like you could just okay. be like, hey, here's these coins that I got from the Mughal Empire. Sure, yeah, okay. From the French place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they must have ripped them off. It turns out we uh, 
we took control of a French pirate ship with all this loot on it. Sure, yeah, and all those spices and the jewels and the silk that doesn't come from anywhere else but that area, yeah, it's, they must have stole it from them, you know. I just love that people were willing to do heinous, terrible things back in the day for, like, some paprika and, and salt because <laughs> it really is, like, driving home how important it is to put spices on your cooking. If people are willing to actually go to war over this back in the day. <laughs> it is so true, white people. You need to get the spice, okay? Like, our dumb ancestors fought, and they're dumb for doing this. They fought each other over bullshit spices, killed each other just to get, even just, well, nutmeg comes to, comes to mind, but it's literally every other spice, though. This is how they work. Yeah. 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 And the East India Company, who I recently found out my distant ancestor was a founding member of, did not know that, they, you know, went against the Dutch East India Company so they could fight each other over spices and who had control of the... Who yeah. had control of the spice. Yeah, he who controls the spice controls the future. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Dune forever! I anyway. never watched it or read it or Damn it. I read it, watched it, all of it. Wow. HBO Nerd. HBO movie came out and I thought about it for like a couple minutes. I was like, mm, no. So do you guys do you guys want to do a couple um true or false questions about pirates for fun? Yes. I would love sure. to. Okay, true or false. Did pirates bury their treasure? Uh true, they did. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B on that one. You can't trick question can't us on a For the first fucking question, you can't freaking get shifty on us. It's true or false. There's no option C. <laughs> I think perhaps it should be, did they like to bury their treasure? No. no. likes to dig holes. Wait, <laughs> wait. Uh, that's, not, that's not true. <laughs> okay. they did not like very to, no. few people who want to live at sea like to dig holes that's probably why they lived in the one place where you basically never have to dig fucking holes the ocean so when i was talking about uncharted okay <laughs> okay uh this this comes up a little bit because generally speaking they did not bury treasure but very specifically, I guess the legend of Francis Drake comes up how he supposedly buried a lot of Spanish gold and silver along the Panamanian coast. And it specifically talks about the Uncharted video game series. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there's another famous uh, pirate who we'll talk about later. So I'm not going to mention him, but he supposedly had some buried treasure but i guess the whole concept of it uh comes straight from robert lewis stevenson's uh, treasure island oh yeah so it's not really like a real thing true or false maps were just as important as treasure i would say it was more important than treasure <laughs> um i mean i'm gonna say false just to be contrary or <laughs> no because like okay 
So, like, maps are only part of it. Like, you need, like, do you mean, like, a whole navigational kit or the map itself? Because if you're saying the whole map navigational kit, so, like, a compass, a sextant, and a map, then think, I would probably agree with do you, you. Do you think you need, like, an entire new compass and section for every map you get? <laughs> or that no, does? but you, you still need those things <laughs> to, like... Yeah, it's no. map versus treasure. I think a treasure is going to have more value because if you don't like it, a, a map by itself is not incredibly helpful. Assuming that they're competent sailors, because most of them at least kind of were, I would think they would already have those tools on the ship. I'm not saying we're not saying we're saying like a map by itself versus treasure. Which one is worth more? Uh, uh a map. Uh, yeah, if, I, if you, well, I would. You, I would say if you don't know how to get home, it's kind of hard to spend your money there. <laughs> but you don't need the like. You might not need a map at all to get home. How would you? Because you can just get home with a compass and a sextant. You don't need a map. Okay, so to answer the question, true or false? Uh, to answer the question, JC doesn't know how to sail. <laughs> neither do I. Neither do I. True, true. Maps were extremely uh, valuable. Mm. Um, and we're throwing uh, them all overboard. And one pirate in particular, Bartholomew Sharp, who we're not really going to talk about. That's before the time period that we're going to be talking about. He found a manuscript that was filled with navigational information, including maps and charts and descriptions of different places. And he had it printed into a very beautiful version in English that he then presented to the then King of England, which probably helped him from not getting killed for being a pirate. <laughs> so there are pirates who fall under that category as well that were like Liam Dampier is a naturalist. He cataloged thing true or false english pirates were called limeys because they ate a lot of limes um do limes have stitch i'm gonna say false that's the only reason i ever heard that they were called that so i'm just gonna say true and because i don't ever want to agree with jc <laughs> oh boy um the two of you. Okay. Um, uh, it is true. Yeah. Yeah. They got, they got English pirates got the nickname Limeys because they knew that they had to drink citrus to prevent scurvy. Side story. They knew they had to drink citrus to prevent scurvy, but they didn't adapt it like officially into the Royal Navy until oh. like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of time had come past. It was like so stupid. This is let them get sick. <laughs> yeah, they're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> we don't care if you die. Seriously, we don't have to pay you if you're dead. It's great. Very cool. I definitely heard we don't have to peg you if you're dead. <laughs> and I got real scared for it. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> that's not what was said. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get that that's not what was said, but that's what I heard at first. Absolutely not what was said. Hey, if you want to follow us on our socials, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram. Those are the top three. We are technically on Facebook. Most of that stuff just gets like, you know, kind of 
I don't know, Facebook, whatever. Still, still that way. JC supposedly rules that with an iron fist, but we're on episode 80 and I've still not seen the results of that ruling. Okay. Yeah. You ruled it for like maybe a second. Yeah. I think it was like three seconds total. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's Facebook. Ew. We do have a Redbubble store. We've had that forever. Uh, took out a lot of the older stuff. We have only have like our Mission Spooky logo and we have our new uh, cute cryptids up there. So Beast of Bray Road, Alba Twitch, Lollachusa, and yeah. the uh, Van Meter Visitor are all available in cute format. And some of them are available in the like creepy format that our artist Chris Stone did for us. We ju- Chris and I just realized that there were some errors on the spelling of Albatwitch and also <laughs> that, yeah, I know, we did that episode like how long ago and we're like, oh, shit. So I had to take that stuff down and Chris was going to fix it, but he is in Paris. A trip that had to get put off several times because he's been planning it, he was trying to get there and then COVID happened and then they had tickets and then they couldn't go, so... It was, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a few years in the making and he's very excited. He got to take his lovely wife who puts up with me constantly asking questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, then we have Patreon levels, $1, $3, $5, dollar gets you booper reels, a shout out on the cast right away and, uh, continued shout outs at this point. Thank you so much, you guys for supporting us this long. We love you. Yeah. Uh, three dollar, three dollar level gets you the chord versus cryptid, stat block, and the art cards, which yeah. I did write. I did put the Alba Twitch up there, but I put a little note so that you guys can see the the art, the Alba Twitch spelling is incorrect. So Chris is gonna fix that, but it's there to look at. Like um, you know, I'll be putting the the new stuff, and then Beast of Bray Road is up there, and it's fine, ready to go. So there's plenty of stuff for you to look at. And then also on Patreon, if I have like a really long list of um, books and information that we use for reference, I'll just slap it up there for free. Um, So you can just always just follow us on Patreon. You don't have to actually, you know, pay for anything if you just want to get in on some cool things. Even at the $1 level, though, I'll still do patron-led like episodes or series in this case. This whole pirate series is because not only was it Patreon supporters, but also our Twitter family kind of voted and uh, pirates was next so which is kind of fitting because pirates in the summer and then we're going to be talking about some real creepy ass shit in the fall anyway so the next series is going to be uh well super creepy extra um, spooky yeah extra spooky yeah so follow us on all the things join us if you want to all right so taking us out again is Hauntress from their new album. This one's called Obsidian. You get to hear the rest of it. And as always, stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us. If you'd be so kind, just uh, etch that message right on a cannonball and shoot it at us.
the good I repeat in myself.